the Bulletin. It is time for the Bulletin. Jamie Wall drops by on a Monday, as he so often does. From Radio New Zealand, the hardest working civil servant in the land. The guns of Navarone himself. Hello, Jamie. Good morning. Morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm right. I'm better than Brendan, who's just texting after I read out uh, the, the details on Lee Halfpenny joining the Crusaders. Crusaders fan, why are we signing a has-been on one-year deal? Do we not have any young talent that's rubbish? Like, come on, Brendan. Like, have a bit of fun. Oh, to, to be fair, like, <clears throat> he's not the only... Oh, pardon me. Jeez, don't know what that was. Um, he's not the only uh, pundit I've, I've heard from that's had that kind of reaction to this this signing. I mean, I can see the the logic in it uh, that obviously the Crusaders are in a rebuilding year, so it's good to have someone uh, with a lot of experience, like an, an awful lot of experience that Lee Halfpenny does come down and uh, play a part in that in that rebuild. You can't just do it with, with uh, young players. You've got to remember how many players the um, the Crusaders are, are actually losing, uh, especially Richie Mwanga. Uh, and the fact that, if nothing else, uh, they've just brought in a very reliable goal kicker uh, because that's what a lot of their, their game plan uh, relies on. But, yeah, I can kind of see why New Zealand fans are a little bit miffed. Uh, that a, uh, a Welsh player is coming down to play in Super Rugby. Personally, I don't mind it. I, I quite like uh, international players coming down and uh, having a go at it. I was pretty impressed with the way Freddie Burns uh, came down last year. He didn't have the best start, and then he got injured. Um, but he came back to play really well for the Highlanders in the back end of what was a pretty challenging season uh, for them. And I'd like to see a few more guys from the Northern Hemisphere come down and have a go. It's a real shame that Joe Marchant didn't get a proper run with the Blues uh, because of COVID. Yeah. Back in, in 2020, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it would be quite cool to see more of these guys. I mean, God knows we've given them enough of our players. <laughs> I'm with you, Jamie. I, I've always wanted a little bit more international talent playing at Super Rugby. You know, they pan, they, they pan it so much in the north. I've always fascinated to see how they actually go playing in the thing. Um, anyway, other things uh, that we must get on to. Gee, full weekend. The Black Ferns, though. I always felt England would have a point to prove in this one. You know, rocks under bed uh, for a year. I was surprised by how comfortable they made it look. Yeah, well, I had the pleasure of being actually being along with the tournament the whole the whole time. So I spent quite a bit of time with the English uh, team, who, by the way, a fantastic bunch of um, bunch of players, uh, really friendly management. Uh, as well, and really good to deal with. So very big thanks to the Red Roses and the RFU for being as available uh, as they were over the last few weeks. But, and uh, to be honest, having spent that much time uh, with them, I wasn't really that surprised uh, at, that, at their result. Um, they certainly seemed very assured. They were very open about talking about how they wanted to uh, expand their game plan. Um, obviously, they're known for the for the, dri- the line-out drive and ability to score off, off you know converting penalties into... Uh, line outs in the corner and, and driving driving the ball over and they obviously still did that they did that on, on Saturday night and they did that four times the week before against Canada but they actually have some really exciting backs uh, out there that are more than capable of running the ball and, and, and cutting up teams uh, whose defences aren't exactly on point uh, so you combine those two things and you've got a really well-rounded side uh, and that, the, the scary thing about them is they're in a rebuilding year <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they're only going to get better. Uh, they're missing. They're missing a few players. They've got an interim head coach who, in Lewis Deacon, uh, who's obviously done a fantastic job, uh, and again, a great guy to deal with. Uh, but you know, once they get their next program sorted for leading up to when they're going to be hosting the next World Cup, 
uh, with uh, our old mate John Mitchell at the helm of things, uh, and they've you know got their got their squad sorted and, and heading towards uh, you know what they're really targeting as the revenge match against the Black Ferns is to beat them at the World Cup. Um, it's a pretty scary prospect. Yeah, uh, they're about to go on a journey. What journey? Where on the journey are the Black Ferns? Oh, just just quickly on that. It was pretty funny though talking with all the Black Ferns because they, uh, sorry, the the Red Roses players because they all loved talking about how they were on journey. And I, I was like, you guys are all too young <laughs> to understand what you're saying here. Is actually quite funny to people like me. Um, yeah, just on on the Black Ferns, uh, it's kind of hard to know because. I mean, I will, I will say one thing. Taking out the Sevens players, obviously all the Sevens players that were in that World Cup team, other than Ruby, who, who's stuck around, uh, has made a massive difference. Um, their, their attack looked pretty blunted in the big games they played against France and England. You know, both lost those games. Uh, they looked fantastic against Wales. And then what was a you know very watchable um, hiding, I guess you could say. Uh, but... Yeah, when it came to trying to unlock defences, you know, like really sort of do some stuff that would really pressure England, put them on the back foot. Like they were able to do it for about sort of 10 minutes either side of half time uh, on Saturday night, but they just couldn't sustain it. They couldn't keep the, the pressure up. And that's a, that's a bit of a worry. Um, what hopefully we're going to be seeing now is obviously, you know, Oakley's going to be expanded. They, these players are going to be spending more time uh, together to sort of work these combinations and also just get, uh, you know, difficult games like in a row, like that—that's what these players need. They're kind of used to uh, having a bunch of uh, marshmallow games, and then you know the one big yeah. one that they 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 need to be targeting, and that needs that mindset needs to change. Is it, it needs to be like every every game you're playing is difficult. Every game you're playing, you kind you kind of position in the team has to be on the line. Uh, and I think that this expanded OPEC tournament is, is going to be able to provide them, uh, provide that for them. Um, very briefly, because I want to get your thoughts on the Kiwis before we let you go. Nigel Owens, as he was on this station a couple of weeks ago, um, expressing he's not happy with uh, officiating the state of the game. Rather than digging into what he's had to say, do you do you get any sense from um, the fish heads at World Rugby that they're concerned about their own game and there's any sort of um, motivation to make changes? Uh, not really, but but honestly, mate, my, my main takeaway from this is maybe Nigel Owen should go have a look in the mirror because he his uh, motivation to make himself as famous as possible, uh, which is, you know, understandable. Like, I get it. Like, that's what you want to leverage the fame that you've got has unfortunately made the position of being a test rugby referee like more famous than the actual players themselves. And that's played yeah. a massive part in, in the discourse that, that we're seeing. Like the fact that more New Zealanders know who uh, Wayne Barnes is, as opposed to the likes of like many All Blacks, is a problem. And this is no... Yeah. I have no issue with... Um, uh, you know, like Wayne Barnes and, and his performance, obviously, like, it's just kind of sad that it got, got bookended with sort of two uh, two games that are going to stick in the core of, of many All Black fans. Uh, but I think that, like, rugby itself has an issue with trying to market itself as this um, uh, respectful and, and, and um, traditional game that yeah, pays values. And, and the whole rugby values thing, and it's horseshit. 
And it needs to stop because um, when it when it tries to do that, uh, and then you know actual um, emotions and reactions come out by fans, which are totally normal things to happen, it completely uh, makes it look like a completely hypocritical stance uh, on the fact. Right, it's just trying to be something it's not. So that's that's. Yeah, we don't we don't want the referees and officials to be the central actors. Right? It happens way too much. They are the central actors, there, um, which is uh, disturbing. Hey, uh, thoughts on the Kiwis Kangaroos? Uh, it was really nice of the Kangaroos to take the detour through Hamilton, not turn up at all, but how good were the Kiwis, mate? How good was that? Yeah, yeah, I, I can't say enough about how much I enjoyed this game. I think there's, there's one uh, international fixture that you can't get enough of. It's when the Kiwis beat the Kangaroos, because it doesn't happen very often, uh, and when it does, it's just extremely satisfying. Uh, to be honest, um, I spent a bit of time with the Kangaroos last week. They were pretty relaxed about everything. I think they might have had a, had their eyes on the fact that this was the last game of the season and everything, and they certainly played like it. Um, just on the Kiwis, though, uh, I'm really, really enjoying the second coming of Jermaine Asako. I think he's he's just been fantastic and played so well um, to score a couple of tries yeah. uh, on the weekend. How awesome was it to see Griffin Neem, um, the boy from the West Coast, uh, get over you know, West Coast, obviously, really traditional rugby league uh, uh, place in New Zealand. Um, and just, I think that, you know, it, it's an interesting uh, situation uh, with Michael Maguire now uh, as well, because he's, you know, now he's going to be New South Wales uh, coach. Um, sort of says a bit about the West Tigers, though, doesn't it? That he couldn't make things work there, and then he's he's gone out and got a Kiwis team that's just flogged the, the kangaroos. I yeah, yeah, that's a real and reflection. Given, and then being given, ref- and then being given, being given the Blues job as well. So, yeah, interesting times ahead. But I mean, the one thing I will say about this uh, fixture, though, is it's just been played at the wrong time of the year. You know, we, we we've seen some disappointing um, sporting crowds this year, just across the board um, in New Zealand. Like, yeah, okay, we had like eleven thousand out on a nice sunny afternoon in Hamilton. But yeah, you're really probably right, Jamie. Yeah. I hate to cut you off in full throttle, my man, but we are hard pressed against a break, mate. Great observations as always. Appreciate it, mate. We'll catch up with you real soon. No worries, mate. Cheers, mate.